welcome our live stream audience. Come on, let's give them a hand, all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to you. Um, we got people watching all over the country, um, and sometimes even in other parts of the world. And that's, it's just an awesome you know, privilege to know that people are watching our services and feel like they're a part of it. Also wanted to, to point out real quick this morning, next Sunday... We are going to be doing part of our growth track, um, it's Starting Line, it's called Starting Line, and we'll go through a, a little booklet uh, that goes through sort of our, our system, our structures, and our strategy of Metro Believers Church. If you've been around here, we haven't done a, a, one of these in probably two and a half, three years. If you've been around here for a while and you feel like this is where you want to plant and grow and be a part of this family, and you've never gone through our, our you know growth track or our starting line class, I would just encourage you to, to sign up and be here. Um, we're going to pass out some clipboards. It's next Sunday, the 19th, is starting line, and then we're going to skip a week, even though, even though it says on the clipboard um, the, the discovery class would be on the 26th, that's Memorial Day, and we know some people will be gone. We wanted everybody to be able to be a part of that class as well. See, discovery is all about you. It's, it's the uniqueness and the giftedness, and all the wonderful things that God has deposited in you. This helps discover those things. This helps bring to the surface all of your gifts and your talents and your abilities, your personality. All of that will happen on uh, the 2nd of June. That's the, that's the discovery class. Next week is starting line. And really we're, would encourage you to be a part of those classes. They start at 8.30, so it's a little early, but that will give you a chance to to, to get in, get out, and get on with life, get, get up here and be a part of the service. And so um, clipboards have gone around, and if you uh, are trying to check your schedule and are unsure, you can still call the office this week and let us know that you want to be a part of that class. Or better yet, just show up at 8.30, conference room. It's right on the other side of these kids right here in the conference room at the Princeton Club. So really encourage you to be a part of those classes. Hey, if you don't have one of our outlines... Slip up your hand or our ushers will get you one. We like to give you these opportunities to take good notes and uh, have the verses that I talk about um, to go over throughout the week. Hey, I want to say thank you to Lance. I heard you did a great job last week. Come on, let's give it up for him. <laughs> heard good, good reports, a lot of good comments. I was uh, at uh, Faith Family Church last week preaching for one of our overseers. I do that annually. Um, and he comes here annually. Rick Hufton uh, has a great church there in Shiloh. And so uh, just a wonderful opportunity to be there and be a part of that church as well as have one of our other teaching team pastors speak. It's always wonderful. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you ladies. Uh, growing up, I had a wonderful mom. Passed away when I was in my teens still. But she did her very best, very best to raise uh, three kids as a single mom. And uh, I learned some things from my mom. I learned, I learned all sorts of fun things. As a matter of fact, um, here are 10 things that I learned from my mom. My mother taught me first uh, to appreciate a job well done. I could still hear her saying, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house, right? <laughs> some of you may have heard that same thing. My mother taught me about religion. She taught me, she said, you better pray that stain comes out of the carpet <laughs> when I would drop something, right? Uh, third, my mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. 
<laughs> taught me about time travel. Fourth, my mother taught me about logic because I said so. That's why, right? Logic. Uh, my mother taught me about foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. <laughs> my mother taught me about irony. Keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> I've never heard that one, right? Yeah. Um, my mother taught me about osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. <laughs> right? Uh, my mother taught me about hypocrisy. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate, right? <laughs> my mother taught me about physics problems. If I yelled at you because a meteor was coming towards you, would you listen then, all right? And last but not least, my mother taught me about behavioral modification. Stop acting like your father, right? <laughs> Some of you may have heard those things. So today we honor our mothers, and uh, we just want all of our mothers to stand, okay? Stand if you would, please. We want to honor you. If you're a mother here in our church, stand, please. Let's give them a hand as they continue to stand. We're going to, I'm going to ask my wife to come up here and help me with this. Um, we're going to give you, uh, what are these things called? Flowers? Irises. Irises, yeah. That's irony, right? I can never remember the name of these things. So, ladies, uh, honey, why don't you help me out here? Ladies, why don't you form a line right here? So we want to honor all of our mothers, all of our expecting mothers, and all of you ladies out there that are married and are believing God to get pregnant, okay? We want to honor you as well. We're trusting God with you. So let's honor them as they come and pick up. Do you have a flower passing out soundtrack back there, James? <laughs> you have some music for this? Yeah. All right, we can have two lines if you want. There we go. There we go. Okay, ladies, you can kind of come over here as well and grab one. Whoops. Let me keep you a better one. There we go. Okay. There you go. Happy Mother's Day. There you go. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Oops. I'm getting tangled up. You're welcome. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, if you know somebody's upstairs or not here and you're going to see them later on, um, grab a couple, okay? Tell me if you need two. There you go. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. There you go. Okay. There you go. Happy Mother's Day. So... We have quite a bit left, okay? So um, if you have a mother that you're going to see later on, why don't you come up there and get a couple for them, okay? Seriously, we, I know a lot of our mothers are traveling this week um, or out of town or something. I'm going to give you two. All right, happy Mother's Day to you. Anyone else going to see a mom later on today? There you go. There's, there's some for you. And all right, ladies upstairs, good. All right, all right, all right. Happy Mother's Day. They'll be up here. If later on you remember somebody that you'd like to take one to, that would be awesome. Um, I, I want to pray for all of our mothers today. I want to pray for those who have lost their mom over the last year or so. Um, this is not a happy day for you, and I understand that, having lost my mom when I was a teenager. 
And uh, so we want to pray for you, and we want to be sensitive to that. We also want to pray for those perhaps who have lost a child, um, some moms maybe that have lost a child. And it's not a happy day for you because it reminds you of that hurt that you feel. And so we want to be sensitive to that. Can we stand together as we pray for our moms? Just extend your faith with me and pray along with this. Father, we lift up all of the moms in this room today, those that are mothers currently, those that are expecting mothers, those that are believing God to become mothers, whether it's through natural birth or adoption. Lord, I pray a special blessing on their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, meet them right where they're at and equip them for all that will be required out of their lives as moms. God, I pray for those who perhaps have lost their mom recently um, or maybe some time ago, and it just still hurts. This day reminds them that their mother is no longer with them. And we pray for your grace and your encouragement and your comfort. We pray for those that have lost children, moms that have lost children today, God. We lift them up to you. Only you can comfort those hurting hearts. Only you can heal those wounds that are deep within us. And we all experience that to some degree or another. And we ask for you as a body, as a church, to come alongside of those individual people and love on them and encourage them and touch their heart and heal them and bring comfort to them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks. You can have a seat. So, I really believe in a special grace and a special anointing for motherhood. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that every single office that's described in Scripture has a special anointing or grace upon that office to fulfill it. For example, let me just ask you this question. So, how many of you believe there's, there's an office of a pastor? Let me see your hands. And how many of you believe there's a special grace and anointing upon my life to do what I do? Where I don't have to try to do it myself. <laughs> you know, I'm equipped, right? Everyone say equipped. I'm equipped with the, from the Father on high to do all that's required from this office. And, you know, whether it's preparing a message or dealing with someone who's hurting or whatever that might look like as, as a pastoral uh, responsibility. So, so too, um, there is an office of a mother in Scripture. Anytime the Bible calls out a particular responsibility, it's an office, okay? And we know throughout the Scripture it talks about motherhood, right? And it talks about fatherhood. There's an office of a father, and there's an office of a child, and so on and so forth. So here's the deal. There is an anointing and a grace upon motherhood to do what God's called you to do. Because you can't do it on your own, right? Moms, you know that. You can't do this on your own. It's, it, there's just too many things involved. There's too many demands, too many responsibilities. And I believe that that's why God gave you the responsibility to have kids. Because if guys were responsible, we wouldn't have a whole lot of people on the planet, right? Because I think guys would chicken out, especially after the first one. <laughs> they would say, uh-uh, because it hurts, right? It's tough. And it's amazing. It's encouraging. It's impressive. It's inspiring to look at the moms and their world and 
to see the incredible loads that they carry and the pressures they can contain and the issues they face and the way that they can multitask. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, you got the, the, the mother of your children, you know, with a baby on the hip doing folding clothes while she's cooking supper. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's crazy how they can multitask, you know, at the same time. You guys are amazing. And today, I just want to acknowledge my wife is my hero. My wife is my hero. Of course, I lost my mother when I was in my teens, as I said. And so my wife sort of took over where she left off <laughs> in raising me. <laughs> uh, that's partly true, just so you know. Um, Help me grow up a little bit at least, right? Um, so I just want to acknowledge her as the, the first lady. Would you stand, first lady of Metro Believers Church? Let's give her a hand for all that she does around here. She loves to be behind the scenes and work on things and get things done, and uh, she's the best thing that has ever happened to me, I promise you, except, you know, obviously my relationship with the Lord. He's my number one, and she's my number two, right? And uh, we love each other and thank God for each other. Uh, years ago, I remember hearing a story that was interesting back then because it made more sense than today in our current technology age, but it was about a boy who couldn't buy his mother much on Mother's Day, and he said, but, but here's the deal. It, things are going to change. When I grow up and get rich, when I grow up and get rich, I'm going to buy you an electric can opener, an electric toaster, an electric stove, and an electric chair. <laughs> yeah. And the reason we spend so much time and energy on, you know, thinking about wonderful things that we can buy for our mothers is because we owe a lot to the mothers or the women in our lives, don't we? We owe a lot to them. C. Nelson Bovey put it this way. He said, next to God, we are indebted to women, first for life itself, and then for making it worth living. It's a great quote, and it's so true. Years ago, there was a, a writer um, that did a column Dr. Joyce Brothers, and um, she just gave six pointers on what kids really need from mom, and I just wanted to throw those out there real quick before we talk about our message today. She said, first, learn to train their hearts. What kids need from mom? They need from their moms to train their hearts. See, moms need to demonstrate, you know, that treating people well with kindness and courtesy is just as important as succeeding in school or in sports. Second, she said, moms need to boo less and cheer more. What is that about? Well, we all know that praise can do wonders for people. Excessive criticism, however, and that's what ladies we need to watch for, can result in an overly self-critical child who fears to take risks and lead, that lead to achievement. Third, third, um, she said that we needed to talk about those tough things, talk taboo. Uh, we live in a dangerous world, we all know that, where there's drugs and sex and alcohol, and they're exposed, kids are exposed to that on an incredibly young age today. Some mothers fear that talking about these things will sanction them. In other words, you know, if I talk about them, then, then our kids will be more likely to fall into those traps. But statistics prove the opposite is true. Actually, studies show that children who have, who have honest discussion with their parents about these subjects actually are less likely to fall into those traps. Fourth, 
She said, let limits grow as children do. It's what they need from their moms. Simply put, don't try to treat a 16-year-old like they're six. Fifth, show the way. Kids need a moral compass that means instilling a sense of right and wrong, not only in the big issues, but simply the day-to-day issues as, as, as well. And sixth, these were six things she shared, enjoy them. How many of you know that's important? Moms, enjoy your kids. <laughs> I know it's important to do all that stuff and, you know, to train them up like they should, but enjoy them. Learn to enjoy them. This is one of the things that God really instilled in my heart when my daughter was young because I was such a task-oriented person, and my wife is as well, that we sometimes we forgot to enjoy her. And every one of us need to be reminded to enjoy our kids, right? Amen. Amen. So today I want to take a few minutes and talk about legacy. Everyone say legacy. I've titled this message, Living Beyond Your Lifetime. Living Beyond Your Lifetime. And you know, even if you're not a mother, if you're a father or a single guy or whatever, you can still extract something from this message, even though I'm talking specifically to women today. The principles apply. So over the past 39 years of ministry, I can tell you that I've officiated probably two or 300 funerals. I remember hearing stories uh, and eulogies about friends and family. For some, you hear this, and People line up, and it's hard to shut them up. There's just so much to say, so many wonderful things to say about that person's life. You know, the wonderful things, the acts of kindness, you know, how they were dedicated to their family, how they were dedicated to their church, how they were dedicated to, to, to their God. But for others, for others, it, it, people seem to struggle. I can, be, I can remember a few funerals that I've done that, that there was very few people there, and, and they nobody really had much good to say about them. So what is the difference? Well, the difference is how we choose to live our lives, right? That's the difference. That's how we choose to live our lives. And I'll never forget, my grandmother um, came up to me after my grandfather's funeral and said, if you can just do a funeral like that for me when I die, I'll be really happy. And Vicky and I got off in the corner later on and said, the only problem with that is in order to have a funeral like that, you have to live a life like that, right? And so even though we don't choose how we start life and we don't choose oftentimes how we end it, we most certainly choose how we what? Live it. Amen? Everyone say choose. Think about this. We choose how we live it. It is how we live that may determine how people feel about our lives when they're looking at the name that may be chiseled in that gravestone. It is how we live that will affect generations to come and countless people, even people that we don't even know. Now, none of you knew my mother, and you hear me talk about my mother. You, so you get to know her by, by what she did and how I respond to that. My grandfather, many of you have heard me talk about my grandfather, who when he was, you know, just before he passed away in his 80s and, and early 90s, actually sat down with a little tape recorder, um, which was hard to use back in the day, a little cassette recorder, and recorded, recorded the entire Bible, him reading the entire Bible from Genesis through Revelation. 
as a gift to me and my brothers so that we would always have the word of God available to us. Now, here I am. None of you know him. You never met him. But you are hearing about his wonderful deeds because of how it impacted my life. Well, that's what legacy is all about. It's how we choose to live it, right? So that's why I tell people, I say this often, I'll say, say, live your life in such a way that people don't have to lie at your funeral, right? Live your life in such a way that people don't have to lie at your funeral. Let's talk about the women in our lives. Let's turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture when you consider the subject of women or motherhood. It's in Proverbs chapter 31. It's there in your notes um, that you have. It will also appear on the screen. Verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous? That word virtuous is, a, is an interesting word if you pull up the synonyms, the synonyms, if you pull up the synonyms, you'll see it's honest, it's a person of integrity, it's honorable, honor, another synonym. It's all these wonderful words that, that this word virtuous speaks to. Who can find a virtuous or an honorable and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. That's why she's my hero, right? She, her husband can trust her. And she will greatly enrich his life. Wow, that's so true. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. And I, I have prayed that over my wife for 40-some years. I've prayed that, 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 that God will do, you do this in her and that she does me good and not harm all the days of my life. And I can tell you that she, and, and listen, women, she has prayed this herself about her life and how it impacts me. Every day she prays that and speaks that out of her mouth and prays that word, that she will do me good, that she will enrich my life, that she will do me good and not harm all the days of my life. goes on in verse 27, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you, and that's what I would say to my wife today, you surpass them all. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> you, you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord, and she does, will be greatly praised. Reward her for all that she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. What a great verse, amen? What a great area of Scripture. And I just encourage you ladies to grab a hold of that. Pray that over your own personal life. Husbands, pray that over your wife. Now this morning I want to talk to you about the legacy of a person in Scripture, one that you may not have even heard of. Her name is Eunice. Now, that should be at the top of everyone's list of baby names. Yeah. <laughs> Eunice. How many of you have never heard that name used before other than Scripture? Let me see your hand. Never, never heard somebody called that. I've never heard a person called Eunice. What's that? I had a classmate. Eunice. Really? Really? Wow. So, but, but here's the deal. She left an incredible legacy. And here's the cool thing is you don't have to be well-known to live an incredible or leave an incredible legacy, right? So I'll talk to you about Eunice. Eunice was uh, the mother of Timothy. 
You know that name in Scripture. The Apostle Paul's friend and one of his disciples. And I believe that as we just jump into the Word here for a few minutes that we have left, that we'll actually find how she lived her life and some of the things that she can or she did to leave this legacy. So I call it three characteristics of a faithful woman. First, a faithful woman overcomes adversity. Adversity, there's the blank there if you're filling in the blanks and you're, you've got the notes. The Bible doesn't give a lot of attention to Eunice, but, but she has a remarkable story to tell. Acts 16, verse 1, he, Paul, talking about Paul, came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother, insert Eunice there, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. So in this one verse, we get an idea of, of some of the major areas of adversity that Eunice would be forced to deal with in her life. And ladies, every one of you are going to have to deal with adversity in your life. It's just part of life, some of the adversities that you deal with over time. And the encouragement to your life today is an, a faithful woman. How many of you want to be faithful women? Let me see your hands. Don't raise your hand, guys, okay? <laughs> so yeah, you want to be a faithful woman. A, a faithful woman overcomes adversity. So when it comes to you and it comes knocking on your door, you overcome it. And one of the major areas of adversity for Eunice was that she was a believer. Jesus was her Lord, right? But her husband was not a believer. He was a Greek, a non-believer. And how many of you know it's a struggle whenever a couple, you know, get together and marry and they don't have the same faith system? They don't believe like each other. It becomes a struggle throughout their entire life. Whether, whether it is a husband that does not believe and his wife does or vice versa, the struggle will pull at every aspect of their lives. It, it will raise questions about how they spend their time, how they spend their money, how they raise their kids, and a host of other things. And Eunice faced the struggle and still persevered. She faced this thing. She went through it, and she still persevered. She overcame. All of us can overcome if we look at adversity the right way. Check out how James instructed the early church to persevere in the midst of trials. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, adversity, because you know that the testing of your faith Whatever you're going through right now, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing, right? Or not lacking anything. Check that out. How many of you want that? Mature, complete, not lacking anything. Well, how you face problems and trials and difficulties and, and adversaries or adversary, or excuse me, adversity uh, in your life will help you determine whether or not you're mature or complete, not lacking anything. And for some of you, the ad adversity in your life might be found at home. It might be found in your home. Perhaps it's an ungrateful child, and <laughs> we all have to deal with that sometimes. Perhaps it's a spouse who places expectations on you that, that may 
feel unfair. It may seem unfair to you. And it's just not healthy. It's not good. And you feel these pressures. But whatever your trials are and wherever they come from, the encouragement today, especially for you moms, is to over what? Come. To learn to overcome. And overcoming, here's the deal. When you, when you choose to do it right and you choose to persevere in overcoming, you too can become mature. You too can become complete. And you too can not lack any good thing. Amen? Second, second, a faithful woman is committed to the word of God. The word. The B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> yeah, that's the what? Help me now. You've heard me say it over and over. The what? The book for me. She's committed. If you want to be a faithful woman or a faithful mom, be committed to the right stuff. Be committed to the right things. Be committed to the Word of God. And here's the deal. When Paul is instructing Timothy Regarding his calling as a preacher in Scripture, he makes an indirect reference to the commitment of his mother of Scripture in Scriptures. Check this out. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Talking to Timothy. Because you know that those are from the beginning you learned it. How from what? Infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now listen, if Timothy had known Scripture from his infancy, someone had to teach him, right? How many of you think that was probably his mother, right? That was probably his mother that was teaching young Timothy the word of God to the point, listen, listen, to the point that the Apostle Paul makes reference to that. In other words, he saw something in Timothy that caused him to say, yep, somebody's been at it. Yep, you, you have been taught these things from your infancy. Infancy. And we know that that was his mother. His mother had instructed Timothy from the very beginning in Scripture. And she was just simply following the biblical admonition uh, from the Bible in Deuteronomy. Check this out. This is what she was doing. This is what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart, impress them upon what? Your dogs? Impre stick with me now. Impress them upon what? Your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. I think that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? In other words, let the word of God, ladies, let the word of God be on your lips. Learn, learn what the Bible has to say for yourself. Study it and impart it, right? Learn what God has to say about the life, about problems, 
about situations, about difficulties, about how to overcome. Learn what God says about that, right? And then teach them. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk. Take a walk. Whenever you're, in other words, whenever you're around them, when you sit down, when you stand up, when you lie down, when you get up, when you walk, when you talk, when you're whatever. Learn to lace the Word of God into those situations. I'm not talking about just preaching at your kids. I'm talking about living it. Talking about talking about it in life in general. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. He'll not turn away from it. Now, there may be times where they leave it for a while, but how many of you know those seeds have been planted? Amen? And God, you know, is going to cause the increase because some will water it. See, my grandfather and my mother, even as a young child, planted seeds in my heart, and then I went crazy and it's stupid stuff. You know my story, most of you. But somehow those seeds kept growing and kept calling me back. Moms, those of you that have wayward children, those of you that have children that are not following God right now, trust God that he'll use those seeds to call them back. I can tell you when I was doing crazy things in my life and I was getting high and drunk and all that stupid stuff, wasting my life, and I could hear those words from my grandfather and my mother calling me back to God. And here I am, <laughs> standing in front of you, encouraging you to do the same. Wow. Now, there are numerous ways in which you can teach your children the Word of God, and the best way is to live it out. Just live it out. Live out the message on a daily basis. You never know how you're impacting the people around you. The preacher years ago, G. Campbell Morgan, had four sons, of all of whom were preachers. They're all preachers, and they're all good at what they did. The youngest, Howard, once took his father's place while Dr. Morgan preached in London. While Howard was there, someone asked him a very pointed question. Here's the question. Howard, who is the greatest preacher in your family? Without missing a beat, he said, my mother. <laughs> he said, my mother, right? And sometimes men and women who never stand in the pulpit preach the greatest sermons through simply living out the word of God in their daily lives. You may never get up here and preach from a pulpit, but you preach every single day of your life. It was Francis of Assisi that said, preach the word at all times. And use words if necessary, right? Use words. In other words, our life should speak. Our life should speak. And number three, a faithful woman shares her faith with others. A faithful woman shares her faith with others. There's a blank there. Timothy, Timothy's faith was greatly influenced, influenced by two generations of women before him who, who loved the Lord with all of their hearts. Now, 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. Lois, Lois. <laughs> That's another word name we haven't heard in a while, right? Lois, and in your mother Eunice. 
and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Once again, the Apostle Paul is pointing out the obvious that he sees in Timothy's life. Talks about these two generations of women that influenced his life. Wow. I mean, the first place that you can begin to share your own faith is with your own family. That's the first place. A faithful woman shares her faith with others, shares her God with others, shares the scripture with others. She's not ashamed of the gospel, for therein is the power of salvation, right? Right? The first place you can do that is right at home. Our families are the most fertile grounds that we have to plant the seed of the gospel. It is in the family that we can make the biggest difference. Uh, the will of Henry J. Hines. How many of you know who that is? Hines 57, anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, Hines 57 varieties. Here's what his will said. Looking forward to the time when my earthly career will be ended, <laughs> I desire to set forth at the very beginning of this will as the most important item in it, a confession of my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I also desire to bear witness to the fact that throughout my life, in which there were no unusual joys or sorrows, I have been wonderfully sustained by my faith in God through Jesus Christ. This legacy, this legacy was left by my consecrated mother, a woman of strong faith. And to it, I attribute any success that I have obtained. Wow. Wow. That's his will. So the question becomes, what legacy, what legacy are you leaving behind? That's the question. We're all leaving something behind. What, what legacy are we choosing to leave? Also, ladies, you don't have to be a mother to actually impact other people's lives. So for those of you that may be struggling in that area, you don't have to be a mother, officially be a mother, to actually impact other people's lives. There's a wonderful story of a lady who was struggling a few years ago because it was Mother's Day. Her husband and her had been trying for some time to have a child but had not succeeded. She was teaching Sunday school to her class of first and second graders. On Mother's Day, kind of like what we did here just a minute ago, the church gave children flowers to pass out to all of the mothers of the church. And one little second grade girl took her flower and ran to her Sunday school teacher. She said, teacher, happy Mother's Day. As she presented the flower to her, thank you, the teacher said. But she just shook her head and said, but I am not a mother. The little girl responded, you're a mother to our Sunday school class every week. But you know that you can impact people's lives when you take this stuff serious. Each day of your life, you're given the opportunity to impact someone's life. Whether it's by being a parent in your home, by serving the Lord, or in some other capacity, you have the ability to make a difference in the lives of generations to follow you. As I mentioned before, this last paragraph, even though we don't choose how we start life or how we end it, we most certainly choose how we live it. Let's pray. 
Father God, I, I thank you once again for all of the moms here. Lord, I pray that, that each one, each person here and watching, watching live stream will take heed to the word of living beyond our lifetime, making an impact that lasts for years and decades. God, I pray that we will make a difference with our lives that will leave a godly legacy. I thank you, Father, for the legacy that was handed down from my grandfather to me. God, I still think about him almost every day, and I pray that that's the way we will live our lives, all of us here in this room, that we'd all live our lives in, in such a way, God, that impacts people's lives, our kids, our grandkids, the kids we teach, the, the friends we have, the lives that we share with. I pray that we'll live our lives, God, in such a way that we leave a legacy far beyond our lifetime, far beyond. Not that people will be talking about us necessarily, but they'll be talking about you because of how we lived our lives. Let's just take a couple minutes and worship the Lord. Can I ask you to stand with me as we conclude our Mother's Day service? And just think about, perhaps, meditate, ask yourself, how can you personally apply this word and how it impacts you and what adjustments, perhaps, that need to be made in your life? Just spend some time with the Lord walking that out with him as we worship for just a few minutes. And all 